When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another week of We Are West Ham. Football is closing down. It's been closed for a while, but we are still going strong. James Jones, Will Pugh and me, Charlie Hawkins, we're back for another week of all your Hammers latest. Of course, the big news surrounding the club this week. What is going on? Some Premier League clubs going into furlough. We were expecting West Ham, but they haven't made that transition yet. We're going to be talking all about that. Sam Incasol, special guest, will be joining us a little bit later on on the pod and doing a little bit of nostalgia history once more, talking about on this day in the last few years. And then at the end, the Titanic quiz. It is the Rogue West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. Boys, I'm starting to miss you very much. This Skype, as much as I get to see you too, it's not enough for me now. The affection I have, I need to be back in the studio, having a nice drink, talking football, seeing it at last. But before we get into everything, as we always start at the top of the show, I hope you're both uh, washing your hands, staying healthy. Will, how are you? And more importantly, maybe the big question, because I know fans want to know, have you located Sebastian Schemmel? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks, Charlie. Pretty much same MO for me as last week. I think since we last spoke, I have actually taken up or taken up, decided to start running again this week. I thought, given that the only thing we're allowed outside to do is do exercise, of all times, if I can't exercise now, then uh, I never will. So, yeah, I've started, uh, started me running again. But a um, little bit concerned. Uh, once again, video link, you've bottled out of it audio only, mm. to see uh, the state of James Jones's facial hair and the hair on his head. <laughs> I've got to be honest, seeing James, if I would have known beforehand I might have had the courage to show myself because James <laughs> makes any man feel confident and James just for the viewers and the listeners and mainly for me and Will why have you chosen to reach this low standard? <laughs> I think that's a little bit strong boys to be fair I mean Will, no, no one's brought up the fact Will's wearing his wearing that ridiculous hat again um, yeah I've, I've just decided I mean given that no man in the, in the world can currently get a haircut it was two options for me. It was shave it all off, but then my ears stick out um, too much, or, or just grow it. And when I was when I was a, a plucky little teenager in my youth, I had long hair, so I thought oh, it's probably this is the only opportunity as a thirty-one year old to to actually get away with growing my hair. So that's what I'm doing. How's your missus reacting to your wild new look, James? She um, she wants to cut my hair herself. Um, I've said no, I'm growing it. 
So, yeah. <laughs> if that's the choice, no thanks. Gee, the, the only thing I have to do is, is shave once in a while because otherwise, whenever I kiss my boy, it gives him a little rash on his face. So I have to give him for that bit. But, um, yeah, as you can see, I haven't done that for a while either. Charlie, even though we can't see you, can we have <clears> an update on your appearance? I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Honesty is the best policy. I look terrible. No haircut, no shave. And if anyone knew how bad it was, it's, it's very low. And James, in obviously the most friendly way possible, if your missus is handing out haircuts, I'm more than happy to be the guinea pig to test it out. <laughs> yeah, social distancing though. So sorry, mate. We can't do that. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, as always, we say... There may be no football, there may be no West Ham games to talk about or to cry over, but there is still always big news. In the week, uh, uh, in this week, obviously, Premier League clubs, some of them going on furlough, deciding to use that government scheme to pay their non-playing staff. We thought maybe West Ham, it wasn't to be. Liverpool, Spurs, Newcastle, Norwich have all signed up for that scheme. And obviously Liverpool reversing that decision in the last few days. Obviously a fan backlash. What did you make of this, the Liverpool decision, guys? And obviously, West Ham at the minute not deciding to take this scheme up. I'm, I'm, I think I'll speak for, for every single West Ham fan that we're actually surprised that West Ham weren't one of the first clubs to, to decide to furlough all their non-playing staff. I think that was everyone was expecting Golden Sullivan to make that decision. Um, it was actually quite nice that it turned out to be, be Spurs that were the first ones. Um, I mean... It, it, a lot's been made of, uh, of you know, whether footballers should take a pay cut and all that, and whether all like, the millionaire club owners should, should you know, stump up the bill and stuff like that. And I, I do get that. Um, but clubs, they're still businesses, aren't they? So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Lucy. <laughs> Sorry. See, um, I stay professional, James. See, I didn't say anything. No can, can we just let everyone know there that yeah, as we're having a little chat, James's wife opened the door and crawled along the floor behind him to try and retrieve something from the room he's in. What was it, Jonesy? Just for all the fans at home. It was something for the, for the baby, but I don't know what it was. Um, it, was, it, was, like it, was it was reminiscent of that BBC newsroom in the morning where the kid comes in and she takes... All we needed was Jonesy Jr. to come in in a little, like, pram and be wheeled out, and this would have made it for me. That was absolute James, uh, James Bond-esque. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From Lucy there, yeah. scuttling across the line. <laughs> I think, personally, this has to stay in the pod. Oh, 100%. I've even forgotten what I was talking about. We could just play this for <laughs> yeah, To be honest, me and Will was watching the background rather than listening to what was going on. So we really zoned out. Let's bring Will into it. Let's turn it back to football because we do have a laugh, James. You are right. And I want to talk about this Spurs worded decision. We've seen that backlash. And still, Will, Spurs haven't reversed it. Seeing that Liverpool have reversed it, Spurs are stand strong. And uh, what did you make of that? I think, first of all, right before we go at Spurs in particularly, I think, no. and no, honestly, I think any club, first of all, who chooses any Premier League club, especially the ones owned by, you know, billion pound uh, individuals and companies, any club should not, like Manchester United, Manchester City, no one should be applauded for not using taxpayers' money or government money that could be going to the NHS or to frontline services, whatever they might be, no one should be applauded by choosing not to 
furlough their staff in the first instance. Man United, Man City, they've all done that. West Ham as well, as we've mentioned. We've chosen not to furlough our mm. staff straight away. But I don't think anyone should be applauding them for that. I think it's just a morally right yeah. thing to do. So the idea recently, this week, that after Liverpool, you know, this it means more to us. Um, you know, we're who a club are rooted in a really socialist uh, left-wing part of the country. Labour, uh, sorry, Liverpool, people of Liverpool. Liverpool's a city, very strong uh, socialist and community values. And Liverpool, to be honest, for want of a better word, preach on about that all the time. So... I think, A, you can only judge them on their initial intentions. And like I said, I don't think clubs who decided to do that first should be particularly applauded. But even less so are clubs who clearly tried, like wanted to do that first, made an abhorrent decision and have then backtracked on it because of the poor PR. And, you know, anyone saying, I appreciate, yeah, if you make a mistake that you should hold your hands up and turn back. Yeah, I appreciate that. But I don't feel like for a second anyone should be applauding them. For it, I think you should go right. Yeah, the the right thing has been done, and really, you should still be judged and remembered for the fact that you tried to do it in the first place. You know, no one will ever know whether it was because of the the poor PR or or it was just a bad decision. Let's again, let's get this right. They're a multi-billion pound or multi-million pound, but FSG, their ultimate owners, are a multi-billion pound corporation. This, these decisions don't get taken on a whim or by one or two people. They get thought through thoroughly and thoroughly costed and that sort of thing. And that's where the decision was made. So I don't think, and I think Spurs even less so, the fact that they're not backtracking on the decision, I think tells you all you need to be told about the club. Newcastle, they've furloughed, but no one's really surprised it coming from Mike Ashley. And then I think Norwich and, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Bournemouth may have as well. But, you know, I've been doing an exercise today looking into the finances of those clubs. At clubs like that, honestly, um, their owners are worth in the tens of millions of pounds, not the billions. So while it may seem a lot to the man on the street, I can understand a little bit more why those companies do. But no, to be quite honest, Charlie, I think it's an absolute disgrace that clubs of the calibre and the size, financial power of Tottenham and Liverpool decided it in the first place and for Tottenham to have the gall not to backtrack on it now I just think tells you everything you need to be told about the two clubs and I think it should be remembered by fans going forward and I think it will be Yeah and we mentioned obviously I don't think many people are applauding Liverpool for reversing this decision such was the bad decision that they took and it was oh, forgotten very quickly Really? Oh, they are. You've honestly. I went on Twitter the other night. It's a really high-level esteemed journalist as well. Uh, were tripping over themselves to congratulate and applaud Liverpool, and I, I just really, honestly, I didn't understand it. Gary Lineker, I think, tweeted a tweet to that effect. Not quite as strong, but John Cross, a lot of the Guardian journalists, and you know, normally I I, I read their their content, and that's the the sort of side of the political spectrum I fall on um, but I was really surprised to see it sorry to interrupt you again but yeah I, from from certainly on my Twitter timeline there were people tripping over themselves to clap their hands at them well James we're only uh, the government have said guidelines one exercise a day outside the house we know Will's been doing that to look at Bournemouth's finances we've actually been going for a run <laughs> what did you make of it and and James to keep it a little bit light because we want to do that while talking about the biggest headlines in sport at the minute 
this is a little bit of bragging rights for, for West Ham and any London club to go, look at Spurs and the way you've handled it. And fans will use this, won't they? And Arkansas, I'm petty, I'm stubborn. It's been quite nice that it's been Spurs to use that at them and beat them with a stick almost. Oh, I completely agree, Charlie. I think, uh, I think that, you know, for years, Tottenham have looked down their noses at, at uh, West Ham. Um, I know a lot of my mates who support Spurs, they look down your nose. They've been in the Champions League, been in the Champions League final, battled for titles in the last sort of, you know, six, seven, eight years. You know, they've always been in Europe. They've got this brand spanking new stadium, which is very nice. Uh, and, you know, anyone else is just, you know, completely, in, you know, inferior to them. So for them to, for, for their their club to stoop as low as they have done in the last couple of weeks is, um, is a sweet pill for, for everyone who sort of was always kind of looked at Spurs and thought, guys, you know, you're not that special. Um, and I've, I think it's superb. And a lot of my mates who spoke Spurs, they're, actually, they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed for their, you know, to support Tottenham at the moment because it's a disgrace what they've done. Uh, and the fact that Daniel Levy hasn't, hasn't done what Liverpool have done and actually gone, do you know what? I've made a mistake here. I shouldn't have done that. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to reverse that decision. Uh, kind of says all you need to know uh, about that football club and about Daniel Levy as a businessman. Uh, he's a very shrewd businessman. Um, there's a reason why he's rich and I think we're seeing it right now. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, it's great that it Spurs. We'll, we won't let them ever forget that uh, their club is the way it is. Um, deep down, so so yeah. I'm, I'm as I said before, though I'm I'm so surprised that West Ham weren't one of the first clubs to move. Um, I'm I was surprised up until today that we hadn't yet made a decision until um, I read Sam Ingersoll's piece uh, in Football London, which we'll speak to him about in a bit. But you know, just learn a little bit more about how the club are planning financially for this period uh, and how they're going about it, and it actually makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that didn't really uh, didn't really think about much was that. Most of the match day staff at the club aren't contracted to the club. They're contracted to stadium owners, um, such as the steward, stewards, uh, catering staff, um, and stuff like that. So you know that, that's a, that's probably a, a large chunk of any club's wage bill, um, sort of outside the playing staff, which they would have had to furlough, and you know we've not had to worry about that. Which is perhaps probably why we we decided to look at it a different way. Yeah, look at it in a different way. You mentioned that Sam was coming on the show. That He's doing exactly that. He's going to be joining us in the next few minutes to not only talk about that article that he done, but all about the attempts West Ham are making to survive in this time, talking about the finances. And we've seen it this week. Other managers, such as Gareth Southgate, taking a 30% pay cut, as has David Moyes. And Sam Incasol is joining us next. <laughs> You're listening to We Are West Ham, this week's podcast. You're listening to me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm always joined by Will Pugh and James Jones. And we were just talking a little bit about the big news in football this week. Certain clubs, Premier League clubs, going on furlough and West Ham's decision not to join that government scheme at the minute. But a man who joins us as well now, it is a sometimes regular, delighted to get him back on, is Sam Incasol, journalist from Football.London. Sam, really good to get you on tonight and hear what you have to say. Saw your brilliant article on everything that's going on with West Ham at the minute. They haven't taken that decision. Maybe they've seen the backlash with Spurs and Liverpool. Reading your article, Sam, what have you made of it and what other measures have the club taken at this time? I mean, I think it's pertinent to say that they haven't taken the decision yet. 
Um, we don't, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen um, three or four weeks down the line, which is when we're expecting this to carry on until at least, I imagine. Um, but they, as you rightly say, yeah, they're not putting the staff on furlough at the moment. The non-playing staff, that is, uh, they're still waiting to decide what the players do. Obviously, that's going to have a big impact on on what happens. Um, but I think. From what I've been, what I've heard, they're just trying to protect the employees that the club has at the moment, uh, which is obviously quite a few, and uh, lots of other Premier League sides are going a different direction. Some of them have been pressured into maybe not going in that direction, but seemingly the Hammers are uh, are, are, st- are standing where they are. Um, the senior management, the board, have taken pay cuts from what from whatever they whatever they were earning um, from from the club. So they're trying to do the right thing by the employees. Sam, just on that quickly, what you've mentioned there, the the board taking the pay cut. I know obviously Karen Brady came out in her column and announced when she was putting pressure on the PFA, um, announced that she would be taking the pay cut herself. Just to confirm on that, there's it. There was in the last set of accounts released, there was an unnamed director whose salary went from eight hundred thousand to one point three million. There seems to be a general consensus, or there seemed to be, that that was Karen Brady. And then I only saw it this afternoon, actually. She challenged someone on Twitter or replied to someone on Twitter who'd queried her having a 700,000 salary. And she said, my basic salary is nowhere near that. Now, I'm not sure if she's being clever with the word basic thrown in there (laughs) and implying that, you know, other bonuses and all that. But as far as the last accounts said, I thought there is a director whose basic salary is the one point three. Have I got that wrong? No, I, no, you haven't. And you have to. You only have to look at the whole backlash from when those accounts were released, when there was that twenty-eight point two million pound loss that it wasn't denied. Mm. So, um, I mean, obviously, it's it is an it, she it is it is in, in there as an as an unnamed director. So, it, technically, yes, we are assuming that it is. I suspect she is probably being a bit clever, as you say, with with, with her wording, um, because obviously David Sullivan and David Gold are not going to have themselves there as, under there as an unnamed, unnamed director when we all no. know what they what what they put into the club. And um, I mean, yeah, logic dictates it dictates it is her, but um, but no, you're not you're not wrong um, as, as as far as I know, anyway. Sam, one thing that I thought was quite interesting in, in, in your piece uh, and what the club have decided to do, David Sullivan being the majority shareholders, he's agreed to um, a rights issue where he's basically sort of selling to current shareholders sort of additional shares. So they're basically sort of just adding extra funds um, to the club at up to 30 million quid, but could be more. Uh, first thing I thought about this was what, what does this do if if at all it might be completely unrelated but how does this affect obviously the fans want golden settlement to sell up would this yeah. or does this have the the potential to to either enhance the possibility of that happening sooner or could it restrict that from happening you know one or two years down the line i'd imagine it would restrict it going forward um but then again west ham's co-owners have never really indicated that they wanted to sell so uh, essentially, what they're doing is they are buying their own shares again to um, to, to invest to invest money into the club, which, um, as, um, as as I, as I wrote, was in about a sixty to eighty million pound potentially cash flow hole. So they needed to raise some money from somewhere, and this obviously this all kicks in in May as well. So it's not quite um, it's not quite just yet. But um, well, actually, yes, it is. It'll be pretty soon. But um, I, I can't see it making any difference into what to what their 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 future plans are for the club. They don't want to sell up. 
despite obviously the the enormous protests that have been against them over the last well in 2020 and I, I can't see it changing changing their perspective at all on, on, on what on what they're doing because they have no desire to sell Sam just on that the, the you know we, we we try and where we can take a pragmatic view on the show of the the board ownership and all that sort of thing now, to get this this straight there they've used the the share repurchasing thing but it is like you said there basically a vehicle for the owners to to pour their own money into the financial black hole i know there'll be fans out there who say well you're the owners you're expected to do that but in layman's terms the the club have just poured 30 million quid in and for not for, and haven't won't be getting a lot back in return for that money will they not immediately no um i think a lot also depends on what the broadcasters do with with the money that is that the, that they would potentially potentially be due to pay um for the for the rest of the season, which I think is something like seven hundred million pounds or something like that, that could be returned, have to be returned to the broadcasters if they so agree. But I think the Premier League are hoping that Sky and BT will maybe give them a little bit of leeway, considering the uh, the unprecedented circumstances that we're in at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's gone. Sorry, gone. So would it be it'd be fair to say though, wouldn't it? Because given that the, the Golden Sullivan combined already are owed 45 million quid, uh, not including any interest from the club. It would be fair, to, you know, they, they could have easily just thrown in 30 million of their own money, couldn't they, or 20 million or whatever it is now, rather than the share repurchasing. They could have just thrown that and added that onto the loan, could they not? I mean, they could have done, but they don't have a precedent for doing that. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to change a habit of a lifetime uh, if, if, they want to, if, if they want to invest in the club in the way that they have. They, they, they're they the ones that choose to take out the money um, at the end of each year, mm. uh, however much however much it is and however much they might defer it by one year and not the next, who knows. Um, so, but I don't, yeah, I don't see that. I, it's, it, the 30 million that they're putting in is going to cover them, for, but, for, but for not very long. The 30 million won't last very long. When, you, when you're shelling out 10.5 million pounds in wages every month, like the West Ham are, um, that's only going to get you just on wages. That's only going to be three months, and we don't even know if football's going to be back in three months. So, yeah, it's a it's, it's it's a very interesting one, and I think some of it might be slightly above my pay grade in terms of all these uh, shareholders' rights issues and things like that. So I'm sorry I can't be a bit more uh, <laughs> elaborate a bit more, but you're really stretching the uh, the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> so, Sam, a, lot, a lot's been made of the 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 stadium and sort of who who has the you know, the, the rights to it in the summer should the season go on. Obviously, we've got the yeah, baseball yeah. that was there and, and whatever else. But away from that, we know that the, the owners of the stadium are losing, they're hemorrhaging money every year. Um, and it makes it, I don't know whether you know much about sort of the position that they're in. Obviously, they're not getting any money in. Um, you know, are we still paying rent on that stadium? Is Or have they, you know, surely the owners of that stadium are going to be in a lot more trouble than, than anyone else at the moment. Well, they're in enormous trouble as it is. Yeah. I, think they, I think they lost something. I, mean, they're, 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 I can't remember what the exact figure is, but they're in a, they're in a serious uh, financial issue. I mean, the, look, London Stadium needs as many events as it can have over a summer uh, in order to try and make some claw some of the money back. So losing the baseball, which brought in around twenty or thirty million pounds last year, that's obviously now gone. We don't know if the um, music concerts that they're going to have. Will, will, will take place and also a lot depends on you hear, we're hearing two different things you're hearing one from West Ham saying that they have the overriding priority and then we're now hearing from the new head of UK athletics who's made a very unwise move in saying that West Ham should 
move aside and let the athletics go in back into the stadium, which technically they should, judging by the concession agreement. But West Ham are the, are the principal tenants of there and they pay the most money. Um, UK athletics have it for uh, those two or three days a year for the anniversary games, which are their most lucrative event. Um, and she's now telling the club that pays the best part of three million pounds a year to rent it, which still I find absurd. Um, to just move aside and that's just not going to sit very well and the club and uh, E20 have certainly built their bridges over the last 12 months or so uh, and this is in danger of, uh, of starting up another argument which, which no one needs and more, maybe, maybe another expensive legal battles which we've seen before which West Ham have always won and so E20 certainly won't want to get into that again um, but you, we're hearing different stories from both sides and it's just no one really seems to know what the answer is. I mean, I've got to go with what the football club say, I suppose, I suppose but who knows? Who, honestly, who knows? This is such a, re- a weird time and with what's going on at the moment with, with coronavirus, it's, I don't even think they know, to be brutally honest. And if they don't know, then I certainly don't. <laughs> Sam, just to pull it back quickly to the, um, current, or the, you know, the, the pay cuts and that sort of stuff, We've seen um, David Moyes has agreed the 30%. Karen Brady said she had in her column as well. Have you got any sort of thoughts or whatever? We understand Mark Noble's quite a leading voice in this captain WhatsApp group and the, you know, the captain's meetings that they've had with the Premier League and the PFA. Noble understands to be quite vocal. Have you got any sort of additional understanding or any insider track on what's going on as far as West Ham players are concerned? Um, I think the West Ham players are most, like most of the Premier League players, and they probably would be willing. To, they're willing to do stuff off their own back. I think we even saw like Danny Rose doing that with, with massive dominoes delivery the other day, etc. But are they really willing to take salary hits for the next three months? I don't think they are. And but they'll be happy to say we'll happily donate one off, two off, three off, whatever, twenty grand or something to to help out. But are they going to take a cut each month? For the next however many months, I mean, would you? Well, that's this, but, this, but yeah, and, and 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 people are making, and I mean, no, the MPs have been making these completely lazy assumptions yeah. because because footballers' wages, therefore they earn more, and therefore they should be paying more. But then they obviously pay more tax than we do because they earn more. It all it all filters down like that. It's an incredibly lazy assumption to make. Mm. Um, so. He, yeah, as I say, we'd, 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 if if someone came to me and said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to take thirty percent of your wages," would would you? No, would you... I, I I totally agree. To be honest, and my my in the, this whole thing, I think they're from my, this is just a personal opinion. I think look upwards again. Well, I, mm. yeah, the players are on a lot of money, but you know, an average Premier League player, and people will laugh when I say only ten million. But they might be worth, their net worth might be 10 million quid if they're a, an average Premier League footballer, maybe up to 20. All right, yeah, absolutely loads of money for the man on the street. However, you've got, just at West Ham, you look at it, Golden Sullivan combined worth, I think, £1.2 billion. You've got Mike Ashley up at Newcastle worth 5 billion quid. Worth remembering that a billion is a thousand million. So these players who have got, who are worth 10 or 20 million quid, yeah, all right, it's a lot of money. And yeah, but they, they should be doing their bit, just like we all should where we can, not always financially. But there are people involved in this game who have got far more money but and like really a, a significant amount more money who should be con- contributing, as there is in society as a whole. So I, I totally agree with you. I think it was a completely lazy, lazy political move just to go, oh, yeah, Premier League footballers should be paying more when... 
even if they sacrificed all of their money, it would still be a relative drop in the ocean compared to some of the money that's swishing around in football and society. Joe Lewis at Spurs is worth four billion, and he's put, mm. and, and Spurs are putting their some of their staff on furlough as well. We obviously we saw what happened with Liverpool; they've now had to do a humiliating climb down because their reputation has just been in tatters over the last couple of days. Um, and there's people are saying, yeah, as you rightly say, look above, look look where you see the money, where you see where the money is. I'm not going to make it into a political party broadcast this, but <laughs> they should certainly be looking elsewhere than the players, I think. Mm. Certainly, and what a better note to end on then. Again, pointing it over to Spurs and what they're doing, Sam. I couldn't have done it better myself. It's always a delight <laughs> and a pleasure to talk to you, Sam, Cheers. and this time to see your face. But I, I do want to end quickly on, on a lighter note, if I can, Sam, because like you said, it's not a political uh, broadcast. We're taking a trip down memory lane with the boys in just a few minutes. But for you, Sam, what is your favourite West Ham away game or performance or stadium that you've seen over the years and one that really sticks in the mind for you? It's going to be a weird one because obviously I'm a journalist, so it's, it's different. In uh, I'm, not in the, I'm not always in the stands in the away days, but the one that sticks out for me was Stoke City away um, a couple of seasons back when there was a power cut uh, yes. prior, prior to kickoff. <laughs> there was a power cut prior to kickoff and kickoff was delayed for about, what, two hours, I think it was. Uh, and then West Ham came out. I, I can't remember the result now. I think it might have been three one or maybe even four one. Marco Anatovic scored. Yeah, we won. Was, yeah, yeah. He was getting absolutely clowned all game. Um, and then he went and scored. I think it was a third goal. Um, he dinked one over someone's head and then like put it in. And the 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 booze and it was and, he, and then he got subbed off. And Mark Mark Hughes and him had a, had some verbals on the on the touchline. So um, that is my, that's one of the ones that stands out most for me, uh, especially over the last, over the last couple of years, uh, just in terms of, yeah, the whole power cut. And it was also happened to be one of their best performances under David Moyes in his first one, apart from the, when they won at Huddersfield. Um, that was probably their best performance in that season when they survived. Yeah, an absolute gem. Uh, thanks for picking that one, Sam. Yeah. I think we can talk about that one and relate because James Jones is always used to hospitality as well. He's never in the away stands either. <laughs> so, Sam, we really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, we'll get to speak to you at a later date. Sam Incasol, their journalist for Football.London, treating us to not only his favourite away game, but giving us a behind-the-scenes look. You're listening to We Are West Ham. James Jones, Will Pugh and me, Charlie Hawkins. What a delight that was then, gents, to hear what Sam Incasol had to say all about the finances and maybe the club going into furlough. Have they pulled back from this decision? Maybe seeing the reaction to Liverpool and Spurs clubs holding off and standing pat. But we did ask Sam, because we're keeping it light, keeping it positive, what his best away game was that he was ever been to. And he said... From a different standpoint, he remembers the game at Stoke City. There was a power cut. The game went on two hours later. And Will, before we get into you and James's, you loved that shout, didn't you? A bit of a gem, and you also remember it. Yeah, no, I was uh, so just just quickly. It's the James. It's the 13 year anniversary. I think I'm right in saying since we beat Arsenal away and became the first away team Ooh, to win at the Emirates. Yeah. 13 years. It was the game that Robert Green turned into a park bus. And, uh, and more chip the keeper from about 40 yards yeah um, yeah good season that's, obviously that was the, the tennis year wasn't it so yeah, yeah. Uh, good, well it's good for the last what seven games or something yeah, yeah. so that's uh, of course because we're the first away team to win at Arsenal and Tottenham's new ground aren't we absolutely yeah I just remember yeah so oh, you gotta love that <laughs> so um, yeah just well, now I've got my petty little swiping yeah Sam shout then Stoke away 
I've, I've, me and my dad went to that, and he's saying about the power cut before. What he forgot to is how bitterly cold it was. And we were just at the turnstiles, just about to go in, and he mentioned the power cut. And honestly, the the police wouldn't let you out back either. So you just were like penned in outside the away end. And it was honestly about minus 15. Everyone going for a slash down the back of the coaches while they were trying to wait into the ground. It was absolutely ages. And uh, yeah, and then Arnautovic giving it to the Stoke fans. He got an absolute volley during the game. And uh, yeah, he was he was wicked. And when he scored, it was absolutely outstanding. Well worth the wait, that's for sure. Yeah, well worth the wait, James. Let's kick it off with you then. Uh, what was your favourite away West Ham game? So You're already see, smiling. I love Skype. See, this this is the bit where I come unstuck because... Because you don't miss football. There's <laughs> that, um, but I mean, it was my idea to talk about this in this show, and then, but then it dawned on me that I've I've only seen West Ham win away once, oh. and that that was earlier this season when I was in hospital, Watford away. Oh, <laughs> what a time to be alive! But I mean, yeah. So it's I mean, I have to say that one really. Um, I, I went to Slovenia to see us in the European qualifiers. Um, against Domzale, lost that 2-1 after taking the lead. Uh, went to QPR away, like early Premier League years, got battered 3-0. Spurs away, lost 4-1. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've Palace lost that. I've been Palace a few times, lost every time. Um, so, yeah, I just I don't have any luck away from home. But earlier this season, I went to Watford away uh, in Hospo. I was, uh, <laughs> I was uh, an unnamed sponsor's uh, guest. Uh, no, you're more than that, mate. You're more than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 but we had we were like the, the guests of the uh, of the day, the main sponsors of the day, and um, we were sitting in amongst a load of other uh, sponsors uh, and their sort of clients and whatnot. Um, but we were there. Um, it wasn't a West Ham sponsor; it was a Watford sponsor. A mate of mine works for a PR company that that was looking after them, and basically we were the we were the main guests of the day. And he brought all his West Ham sporting mates, and so we celebrated every time West Ham scored. And everyone in the Watford box couldn't understand why all the Watford sponsors' <laughs> guests were celebrating uh, West Ham goals, not Watford's. Uh, and we almost got kicked out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, for me, that is the best away day I'll ever have because I'm convinced I'll never see West Ham win away, apart from that one time. So, yeah, a uh, bit, bit rubbish, that, but that's what I've <laughs> You'll be back in hospitality before you know it, James. Will, what about you? Can you top it? Well, oh, I'm... I certainly can. I certainly hope so. And it was a bit of a toss-up with mine because I, I think like a lot of fans, um, you know, I still get to away games uh, sort of where I can now semi-regularly. But I had that period of time where I, you know, a few seasons where I barely missed any games home and away. But having seen, I think, Newcastle away after my 21st birthday, we snuck a 1-0 win and I was the most hungover I've ever been at football. That was quite a good one. Um, and having been there, and mine was a was a toss up. Uh, having been there earlier in the season when we beat Chelsea, New Cresswell's the Ronaldo turn and smashed it the bottom right corner. That was a brilliant one. Um, but mine was a toss up between two. I was in the away end of, for the infamous three 0 win at Tottenham or the Ravel Morrison game, as it's known to to all West Ham fans. I had taken my boss from work, who was a Tottenham fan, in the away end with me and kept that a bit quiet. And the first one, I had quite a lot of respect for him. And the first one, you know, I was I was really buzzing, but thinking, oh, Tottenham are going to come back in the game. 
by the time the third one went in, I was all over him. There's people coming over the top of me. He's absolutely fuming, having the worst day ever. I celebrated so much at that when I threw up on the way out. But that got pipped just about by my all-time favourite game, which was Blackpool away when we were in the championship on a Tuesday night. I got the coach up with my friend. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4-1. That's it. Robert Green sent off. Henry Lansbury in goal. We were 2-1 up on the 53rd minute when uh, yeah, Green took down Roman Bednar, if you remember him, former oh. West Brom legend as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Henry Lansbury went in goal for 30... Uh, yeah, I think it was in the end. He was in goal for about 38, 9, 40 minutes. Basically a whole half because Allardyce hadn't put a sub-goalie on the bench. He was like the cat. He was the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. And uh, yeah, and after he got sent off when we were two on up, and then I think it was Vaz Tay and uh, Gary O'Neill added two more in the second half to give us a 4-1 win. There was about, I don't know, five, 600 away fans there. It was freezing cold. And that I'll never forget that game. That was, like I say, I used to go all the time then. And uh, yeah, going to that one, that will always stick in my memory. Yeah, a couple of classic memories as well. We want you to get involved. What are your favourite memories? You can tweet us at We Are West Ham and let us know maybe if you've got a top five or top three and give us the reasons why. Sometimes it's not always about the results. Like Will said, you might have had a hangover. It might have been a brilliant night out. It didn't match the performance. But what was your top away West Ham performances or even memories for you? We're always talking not only a little bit of nostalgia and a trip down memory lane, but uh, information and what's going on around the club and the transfer rumours never die. There's no football, but there is every player under the sun being linked. And this time, a bit of an interesting one, James, because it is the man from Inter Milan. Well, he's on loan now, obviously plays for Man United. He's known to West Ham fans, known to Premier League fans. Alexis Sanchez, formerly of Arsenal as well. We spoke about that win at the Emirates 13 years ago to the day. He wasn't at Arsenal then. A terrific player. What do you make of this rumour, James? <sighs> If it was five years ago, I'd have been excited, but I don't know. I think it, it, first of all, it, it doesn't it doesn't ring true for me because apparently we've you know, we've made contact with his agent. Um, I don't know how we think we're going to be able to pay anywhere close to what he demands on, on wages, particularly now. What's going on uh, when we're just talking about finances? Things you want three hundred grand. Mm. We're just not going to be able to afford him from a wages point of view. But it also doesn't fall in line with what David Moyes keeps telling us he wants to do in the chapter window. Just buy young players from the championship, bring them up, use the academy a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we sign him, I'd be very surprised. Um, I mean, it'd be, I mean, he'd sell a lot of shirts, I suppose, wouldn't he? But I don't know, I just think this is a sort of sign and it's just still steer well clear of this one. Um, five years ago, I'd have been well excited, but not, not anymore. Will, what do you make of it? Well, it smacks of Javier Hernandez, Mark II, doesn't it? Yeah. Only only better, of course. But no, I think... I, <laughs> Hernandez, didn't you? Yeah, with a passion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've really missed him as well, haven't we? Yeah. He's but, a big like LA Galaxy superstar now. He's on James Corden chat shows. He's giving it the big one in the MLS. He's a massive exactly star, Will. That's exactly what he should have been doing when he came to us. Not like playing at Brighton on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but um, no, I, I, same as James. Really, I think the most important thing 
about that. You know, there's there's reports with all his bonuses and all that when they're added in. If he achieved everything, uh, ticked all the boxes at Man United, his wages went up to five hundred and five thousand a week. Obviously, I think there wasn't too many months where where he hit all those. But he, that sort of obscene money. If he still wants to stick around for that, he'll get that sort of gig in China, wouldn't he? He's, he's played for the big enough clubs. He's played for Barcelona, Arsenal and Man United. So if he, he wants that sort of money, he'll go over there. But from our point of view, even if it was feasible, I agree with James. I think money aside, I think that's not the sort of signing that Moyes is supposed to be making and that we as a club are supposed to be making. It'd be a classic Hernandez, Nazri, Zabaleta sort of signing where what has this person got to be motivated for anymore if he came to West Ham, having played at the clubs I just mentioned then? Absolutely zero. So if we do that, then I'm not going anymore. No. <laughs> no that might have been a little bit far then. I definitely will go. I'll just come in here and moan about it so everyone's got to listen to me every week. You're <laughs> telling me you don't want to see Sanchez on a piano, on the, on the carpet, Olympic Stadium, giving it the big and he's just signed? Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm, 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 I'm going to go against you two. I think this could be a great signing. Based on, based on what? <laughs> aggression, aggression. Uh, well, if you could get him at a lower wage because he's earned his money, he knows the Premier League. I don't think he just ever worked out for him at Man United for one reason or another. If he's free of those injuries, he's still not over the hill in terms of age. He can still offer something. London, he's done it before. I think he could actually still maybe offer something if it's not a ludicrous, ludicrous sky-high wage. If it was at a reasonable wage, I think he could more than contribute to the team. He is still world-class. Well, we've got day. Jared Bowen now anyway. Very true. The only way I see Alexis Sanchez coming to West Ham is that if he's still got a couple of properties in London that he needs to sell, so he thinks, right, I'll pop that for six months, <laughs> flog them, and then I'll be away. Right, I'm, I'm not happy with either of those decisions. You've marked him, Hernandez Mark two, and Will Pugh's decided to show us his leg, which means one thing, this podcast has got to wrap up very, very soon because who knows where it can turn. But we can't go anywhere before not doing, and I'm delighted to say another special guest is joining us. It's what we do best on We Are West Ham, but it is time for the Rogue West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. <laughs> You're listening to We Are West Ham and we have come to the moment that we've all been looking for, the moment that we've been waiting for. And just very quickly, we get guests on every week. Sometimes we get ex-pros, West Ham legends, journalists to say what is going on at the club. But now we have gone one better. We have managed to top that because every week, you know, and you're a part of the West Ham Rogue Mystery Players Quiz. And today, we have got on Mr. West Ham Quiz himself, the man who does it all, the man who picks the players and those clues every week. It is the man, the legend, Mr. Reese Baelish. Reese, thank you for joining us. Tell us about, all, obviously, all the players, all the, all the clues. Some of them, really left field. James and Will struggle. I can't even <laughs> pronounce them. I look at it every week and think, you've done me up again. Where do you find them and how do you track down some of these strange, strange players that have sometimes only played for West Ham for four minutes? To be honest, mate, it's one of them, especially when I was growing up as a kid, uh, Panini sticker albums, season reviews and things like that. And it just sort of, they're the ones that stick with me. I'd like to do a lot more later, but I think, unfortunately for uh, Will, he probably wouldn't know half of them who they are anyway. (laughs) 
and he'd just do his usual, just shouting any sort of random name. I think I'm on. I think I'm more on the same terms as James in the way he sort of. He'll have a few, a few bad weeks as such, but I feel you know he's the same as me with with his knowledge. Whereas my old mate William, I think he just shouts out players hoping that he'll just get it. Well, m- most of the ones I know, Reese, just like, to let everyone know, most of the ones I know, the random players, as much as I've seen game, is sitting in pubs with you, just shouting random ex-players' names at each other for three hours. Yeah, a bit of name game here and there, mate, I suppose. <laughs> and Reese, why we've got you on, we have to ask, because yeah. me and Jamesy, uh, we, we've kind of teamed up on it. Will's kind of sort of promoted himself as getting the best guess of the season uh, in Mark Reaper. But you do the clues. And for you, out of Will and James, who was the best guess this season? Um, in terms of the one that I didn't think anyone get, I think it was Winston Reid. I think James got it off the first clue. No, nah, that was <laughs> No, I don't think that was you, was it? Yeah, FC Michelin in Denmark, weren't it? No, I don't, I'm not having that, mate. I think yeah. that was James. Well, we've all heard that. it. But yeah, that... <laughs> <laughs> that was that was one of the ones where I thought they've got no chance with this. Um, but I do look at the players and I think they ain't got half a chance this week. And then someone will get it pretty early. So I have stuck my neck out with these three tonight. That they are probably whether they're the hardest. I think they're the most random. Yeah, they are definitely random. And it's kind of really why I'm glad you're on tonight. Because when I make a prat of myself with these pronunciations, you're going to dive in <laughs> and hopefully help me out. And Reese, what a time to join. Because it is Will who leads in game weeks 12-10. But actually, Reese, uh, I think James... You, uh, oh, it's 12-11, isn't it? Sorry. Excuse me. 12-11. But James, you lead in a, a, in actual points, don't you? Yeah, I've got, I've got a points difference. 35-34. Uh, so I'm plus one on there, but at the end of the season, if you know, unless we're level, while I'm ahead, then that's not going to count. So I need to level the scores up this uh, this week to make it 12 all and put even more pressure on Will because he was getting a bit cocky over the last few weeks. <laughs> last week, I think might have rocked him a little bit. Yeah, it was a whitewash. Well, Reese is staying around. We know you're playing along at home as well. It is time for the Rogue West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. As always, three players, five clues. The clues get progressively easier as they go on, or they may get tougher. Who knows? Get ready for Will to shout at Mike Newell only after clue one. <laughs> but here we go, uh, gents. Will, James, uh, fingers at the ready. This is player number one. Clue number one, signed in 2001 for 800,000. Clue number two, made their... (laughs) No. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Made their debut in the FA Cup win against Manchester United. Clue number three, only played seven times for the club. Clue number four, shirt number 24. Peter Krutic. That is incorrect. Clue number five, your final clue for player number one. Norwegian international. That is incorrect. I'll give you a quick rundown. Player signed in 2001 for 800,000. Made their debut in the FA Cup win against Man United. Only played seven times for the club. Shirt number 24, Norwegian International. Oh, I think I know it is. 
Can we have another clue, Reese? Um, that's probably it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> He's not giving you nothing. The quiz no. Reese, why they just have a little think? Me and you can have no. a quick chat. We can give them 30 seconds in the time bank. Yeah. Reese, I had to fill in for you, and I can only apologise on that week. Well, I mean, I couldn't get bits together, could I? So I started working from home. So you've done me a favour, mate. <laughs> My clues were terrible. A frantic Google search. The players are still struggling. <laughs> the beauty of Skype this week, Reese, me and you can watch them. And both of them clueless. They say we are West Ham, but they're more like East Ham at the minute. None of them know, do you know what they're what? doing. Do you know, do you know what? I was no, actually going to say I can, that. I can picture who it is, but I can't remember his name for the life of me. Can we right, go? Well, back yeah, bang it, initials. I don't know who it is. Do you want to go initials or do you want to go to player number two? Go go we'll put it in the bank. Ah, yeah, we'll bank initials. No, nah, no, nah, we normally bank it. Will's trying to change the rules. The whitewash <laughs> has made him nervous. He is, he is on the ropes, Will, and he can sense a James Jones takeover. We are firing on to player number two because only Reese calls the shots here. Player number two, clue number one, ended their career at Brighton in 2012. Clue number two. Played over 300 career games in England. Clue number three. Signed for West Ham as a free agent. Sam Baldock. No that is incorrect. Oh, signed for West Ham as a free agent in November 2004. And made their debut against Millwall two days later. Shirt number nine. A quick rundown of those five clues for player number two. The boys are clearly football's out of the brains because they can't get nothing tonight. Ended career at Brighton 2012. 300 career games in England. Signed for West Ham as a free agent November 2004. Made their debut against Millwall, which means James probably wasn't watching. Shirt number nine. Austin Hospital. <laughs> is it Not at Millwall, you weren't. What? Tariko. That's correct. Yes. Right. Come on, the jersey. Yeah. Unbelievable. He broke, he broke his leg in that game, didn't he? Ripped up his yeah, contract, think, didn't he? I think he only played about half hour. And to be honest, I don't know where the number nine come from. I had to do yeah, a bit that's of a well Google random. image and it said number nine. But yeah, I, I don't... I think he didn't have a number nine at that point. So He broke his leg in that game. I think he only played 30 minutes for us and then that was it. That was his ripped up his yeah, contract. apparently... He, he retired after the game, apparently, and then went back to Brighton in a uh, coaching capacity and then decided he fancied a bit of football again. Well, I quite like this new addition to the quiz. We can It's like after a game, we can go to the manager. Why did you select it? Give us a little <laughs> bit more background, Reese. I'm enjoying that. But what is at stake is that James is 1-0 up. There are still two players to go. We've heard one. We're going to hear the third. James has now got a two-point lead in the points. Could he be level on game weeks? If he gets one more, Will is really on the ropes. James, full steam ahead. We go to player number three. You need one more, Will. You're looking to level it up. Player number three, clue number one. Signed for West Ham in the 1997-1998 season. Only made four substitute appearances. <laughs> <laughs> is the current manager of Vazim in Portugal. Played centre-forward. Was a Portuguese international. Not Danny. Incorrect. Or Paforio. Incorrect. Palo Futre? 
It's incorrect. 97-98 season was when this player signed. They only went on to make four substitute appearances. The current manager of Varzim in Portugal, which is definitely me checking up on Football Manager tonight, played centre-forward and was a Portuguese international. I hope you get this one. It's the only name I can pronounce. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Any more clues? Uh, should we go initials before we go back to player number one? Yeah. yeah. All right, initials. Ready for a shout out. Initials for player number three are P A. Oh, no. P A. Pe- Pedro Alves. Oh, it's, 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 it's incorrect, but so, so close. Pedro Alves. Oh, you, you're, you're dancing with the answer, boys. You're dancing with the answer. Pedro Alves. Oh, my. It's so close. It's so close. Pedro Alvarez. No. Right. Pedro, Pedro Alfonso. No, no. You've got the first name wrong. You've got the second name right. You had the second name right a second ago, James. Pedro Alves. No. Peter, Portuguese international. Yeah, there's a lot of Pe- there's a lot of Portuguese Peters about. Paulo Alves. That is correct. Yeah! This is unbelievable. <laughs> you see what I have to part with? Well, I think, to be honest, sounded I'm, like Will was shouting out drug dealers' names at one point. He was just going like any sort of Portuguese Mexican person. <laughs> yes. Reese, can can you give us any backup information on Paulo Alves? Uh, and can you talk about like, any Portuguese Peters that you know? He played four games. I think he... What's it was keeping him outside? Samasia Booth. I think he come over. I, I don't even know why he come over, actually. I think... Um, didn't Artson get a, a few suspensions that season? And I think he come over. And I remember him coming on against when we smashed Barnsley 6-0. And he just looked so uninterested, as if, like, what's going on here? And he didn't even get on the sheet. And that was it. And didn't see him again. Well, just like a true drama and a true football season, it goes down to the wider business end because it is 1-1. They both need this victory tonight. And in it, we go back to player number one and a quick rundown. Player number one signed in 2001 for 800,000, made their debut in the FA Cup, uh, which was a win against Man United, only played seven times for the club. In that time, shirt number 24 was a Norwegian international not named Peter. <laughs> you got to go initials, Charlie. Do you want a do you want a position before initials? Oh, love it, Reese. See, I think if it's center off. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's... thinking Hanu Tainen. That's the only one I can get in my head. That's incorrect. Does he finish? Yeah. Mm. Right. Got to be initials. Right, initials are R S Ronnie Stan? <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> nah. Come on, we've never had a failed attempt. <laughs> right, in this time, I'm going to let you talk about it. Reese. do you know any other clues? Because I'm going to Google some as we start. Um, oh. I know that he, he's debut against Man United in the FA Cup. He actually come on as a sub. Um, I think he was at the club for about a year and a half. Don't think, obviously, I know he only played seven games, but I don't think he was 
I don't think he was like influential in only a bit like a Tevez where he was shipped out because he was good. I don't even, to be honest, I don't really remember him playing. I think he played in the game when Blackburn beat us the year after 7 1, was it 7 1? Riga Siverson. <laughs> Just saying names now, mate. Yeah. Could, could that's get that's a first name. No. It's RS. Is it something Svensson? No. I think we've got to go first name. Really? Reese, are we allowing that? I don't think that's. If I'd say we can do it, Charlie, if you can pronounce his first name. Right, well we can't well we can't do it then. Now what is it? What is his first name, Reese? Go on. No, I'll let I'm, you do the honors. It's, it's, I it's think what I'm like. Pronounce Rainveld. Soma. Yes, James has got it. It is Soma. And it is two one. Ragenwald. I've got no idea, right? Well, I'll Google, I Google pronunciation. This is our, our top class well, and I think it was Ragnvald Soma. Ragnvald. 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 The old four. <laughs> Where's Will gone? He's, 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 he's absolutely left us. And before we bring Reese in, this means it is 12 12. Can you believe it in the standings? But it is also 37 35. So. Uh, James, you do have the lead because if we said those scores were tied and they are 12-12, it would go to points. You have a two-point lead. Can you believe this when Will was three games up flying in the points that, James, it is all down. You are ahead in this race. I can't believe it. Uh, well, I mean, I can't believe it because I always back myself. Um, and credit to Reese for some cracking... Uh, players over the last few weeks to allow me allow me a way back in. Uh, it just shows my knowledge. Just shows my knowledge over over wheels at the moment that you know I'm beginning to get head start again. So uh, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing. We've got got what less than a month left of the season, uh, just over a month. So you know I'm going to start putting away now, and I can see the worry in Will's face. Yeah, I, I can. Lockdown has done wonders for you, James. Will, I mean, you're a shadow of yourself. C- can you could you ask why? Could you answer why? Well, I think we both agreed those clues were far too rogue. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when you're giving us, when we're just guessing names that sound Portuguese, <laughs> and you're giving us Ragnavald and <laughs> first names. West Ham legends. Yeah, but um, no, I mean, obviously, Paolo Alves was one we both should have got earlier, um, given, given that me and Josie knew him very. Yeah, I just, uh, those, were the, those were the toughest ones of the season. I think we need to. Rain it back in a little bit for, for players who... But I mean, four substitute appearances in 97-98 is probably a little bit... Whoa, harsh. whoa, whoa. Don't blame the quiz master. We finally got him on the show. And you're, he's, he's digging you out, Reese. I'm not I'm not happy about that, Reese. Not happy in the slightest, mate. <laughs> nah, that's, it's only because he's not winning. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It, it's, it's one of them that if it... I'll go back to doing people that he knows. Like yeah, he someone like Andy Carroll. Or or do yeah. there, is, there is more sort of his category. Okay. If you could text March him before. <laughs> well, it is 12-12. It's been a brilliant quiz. Reese. we really appreciate you coming on and not only coming on to talk us through it, but doing the clues and doing the quiz every week. It would, it would be nothing with you. You are the West Ham quiz. Reese. you're going to have to be a regular now. Tradition to, to guide us through not only these names, but a little bit of background on the players. Yeah, no problem at all. I enjoy doing it, lads. So uh, keep up the good work. 
I do like this, though, where I can see both of them, especially Will. He's got no idea when these clues are being given. James actually looks like he know, like a couple of them. You can tell, I think he knows who they are, but Will, no, there's just, just everything going through his head at this point. <laughs> oh, it's all gone from bad to worse. Will's been found out. James has come alive on Skype. The legend, Reese Bayliss, there joining us to give us his take on the game so far. But as always, we end it on with what you two, James, we'll let you uh, dine out last because you're the champion tonight. Will, a last word from you. Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. I think that I, I, I couldn't have done any more that week, to be honest. The, the clues were extremely rogue. I didn't really know any of the names. It was it was beyond me. So a couple of weeks passed. I've, I've left a little bit out there this week. I'm, I'm not too worried. Not going to be too hard on myself. Um, and just pick myself up, brush myself down. And uh, like James said, a little over a month left of the season, still all to play for. James, champion, mate. Absolutely fighting fit at the minute. You don't look it, but you are it. Tell us all about it. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel like 100% fit. I feel raring to go. Um, I've got that sort of last bit of wins going into the final month of the season. Got a lot to play for. Um, yeah, I'm buzzing. Uh, if I'm honest, when I was three, three points behind, I didn't see a way back. I genuinely didn't think I was going to come back. So to be back level and ahead on goal difference... Um, buzzing and I'm just really enjoying looking at the disappointment on Will's face tonight it's it's superb yeah a smile to end on and a smile when even when we was digging out Spurs earlier in the show what a show it's been joined by Reese Bayliss joined by Sam Incasol as always guests they come thick and fast on We Are West Ham and next week we'll even have some more and be talking about the latest regarding what's going on in the Premier League and of course everything where the Hammers are concerned it's been Will Pugh James Jones Reese Bailey Sam Incasol and me Charlie Hawkins up the Hammers stay safe and we will see you next week Podcast Network.